Hello and welcome to the second season of the Carl Experience. And you're probably wondering why the hell is this on season two? Because it makes sense and my OCD doesn't allow me to just keep making episodes for no reason without a seasonal break. My break was, of course, the, la uh, uh, the last week or so of uh, no school. But, um, yeah. As it was, we had a decent uh, Happy New Year's. I'm, I'm hoping everybody had a good day as far as the first day of the year. <coughs> um... I had to do. Some, I spent some time researching some stuff, found out some stuff, and yeah, now I've got a couple different things to plan out for. Um, uh, I've had the idea, or had the idea thrown at me, presented to me, maybe is the better word to think, of covering uh, more live events. And I have thought about it. Uh, Y'all have to let me know about that one. I don't know how many people are going to hear this, so yeah, this is pretty much just me. Spouting off because this is, after all, my podcast with everything going through my lens of experience. Now, today's episode is on homelessness and poverty. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, let's just dig right into it here. Hold on. Ugh, sorry about that. Okay. Now, you undoubtedly know about the homeless epidemic in the U.S., um, countrywide exposure has been given to um, L.A., New York, Dallas, Detroit, and Philadelphia, as they have the biggest homeless populations. Google will tell you differently. Yes, I know I looked at Google. Uh, but there are cities in... Uh, the, the cities that, that I mentioned are on the news. <clears throat> They're constantly on the news for their homeless... Uh, populations. Now, I was born and raised in this city, Wichita, Kansas. I have raised kids here, and I'm still doing that. I got a five-year-old. Hello. I got kids in high school, and I got a kid who just started kindergarten this year. Our city has a severe homeless problem. We have serious, invisible homeless populations. Um... And yes, I have been a member of the homeless population myself more than once. <laughs> but Carl, you say, with your words and intelligence, how could you have been homeless being so smart? Very easily. Did you know that William James Sittis, the world's highest IQ owner, uh, which was 254 in case you're wondering what his IQ was, though I'm not sure which standard IQ test they used to determine that, he died broke and pretty much homeless by the age of 39, I believe. <clears throat> by IQ, he was, is or was, the smartest man to have lived, and he was destitute. 25 languages, college professor at math, and it still happened to him. The difference between, the difference between Sidis and... Bezos or Gates is opportunistic capitalism. Citizens Einstein and Turing all had one thing in common. They all changed the world, though you might not know all three names. Now, back to the issue. <clears throat> I have become aware of every politician claiming to have the cure for poverty. 
how to claim, rebut, repel, collect, care, eliminate, uh, and reverse poverty and homelessness. They claim, engender, endear, horrify, and terrify us in, uh, with claims, quotes, inflated and deflated, uh, inflated or deflated numbers, graphs, biased scientific findings, cherry-picked for effect and efficiency. They have researched, tracked, paid, invested, and bought into what they think is the fix to poverty and homelessness. The true hilariousness is when they try to sell it to us. There is no quick fix to either problem. <clears throat> a single billionaire with good intentions and the government behind him can only solve as much as they can, as they can only be servants with righteous cause and without ulterior motives. Even then, it would take, I think, uh, two years to be realistic, uh, to see realistic change. And that's only for our country, the United States of America. That's only for us. The ugly and relentless truth is far more complicated than we give it credit for. It is multifaceted and multilayered, and everyone who has tried eradicating both have failed morally, ethically, legally, and they have always been corrupted. And this is a fact. Everybody who's tried to do it has corrupted absolutely. <clears throat> In the past, oh, what do you say, uh, 500, uh, 500 years or so, countless attempts have been made to end poverty and reverse homelessness. Uh, most times, the person striving to curb both issues is hoodwinked by one corrupt usurper or by a group of morally splintered power players. And party affiliation does not matter. You see, to my knowledge, no single party has come close enough to solving these issues to call it a cure. Curbing is the closest anyone has ever come to it. And I'm talking marginally curb. Because, like, when we do a homeless population count, a lot of those people don't show the hell up. Because they don't want a lot, uh, quite a few of them are anti-social as all hell. But anyway. Um, <clears throat> now we get into the factor of homelessness. This is by no means a complete and comprehensive list of factors, but from my own experience, we'll start with factors that are prevalent everywhere. First up is weak-mindedness, meaning the adult brain are psychologically and emotionally unsound. These people, I have noticed, are unable to leave their station in life, as it were, and by station, they're never going to stop being poor. Uh, they can be moved by uh, major life experiences like births, deaths, marriages, major life changes. <coughs> <coughs> Stuff like that. Sorry about the coughing. I don't know what's up with that. These people are what most of us consider stupid, moronic, lame-brained, and want things that are in, uh, but are incapable of the steps required to achieve said goals. Mind you, these people collect disability checks. And I'm not saying that they're absolutely useless, but a lot of them want to be happy and want they want to do this, do that, do the other, and all they're ever going to do is be that person you talk to who doesn't understand what you're going through at all, who's, they're, they're mentally incompetent to do too much. Now, that's not to say that they don't have their uses. Some of them can have an emotional intelligence that's quite high, but 
a uh, a practical intelligence quota that is uh, uh, that is just so subpar it's not even funny. <clears throat> Next we have substance abusers. I know I just said that and made it sound all kinds of messed up, right? Substance abusers. <clears throat> now listen to the wording on this one. These are the people who you who were uh, uh, hold on. Yeah, these are people who were and used, or used to be, useful and beautiful. Then due to internal mental factors, turning to unusual substances to cope. Normally, tobacco, alcohol, and, and marijuana are all fine, and used in moderation. And they are, I've done it myself, they're not bad when you use them in moderation. No matter how much somebody tells you. But unfortunately, we live in a majority nation of staunch conservatism. This means we have to heavily experiment with unknown substances without guidance or supervision because of the conservative right. This is the people who say that pot is bad, you're, you shouldn't be drinking or smoking. I'm sorry, but if somebody's going to smoke a cigarette or rather smoke, then smoke a cigarette, then uh, uh, turn to unhealthy choices as far as coping. I don't want to. I don't want some kid to end up uh, experimenting with things they shouldn't be. I mean, I don't want some straight kid all of a sudden getting uh, photoed because he decided he uh, he couldn't drink or smoke or do anything else, and so the next option was find somebody to have sex with and end up being uh, end up having a Polaroid of him in a uh, train, him on somebody and somebody on him, going at it like a steamboat. Uh, that's not a safe coping mechanism at all. I mean, it's fine if you're into that, but it's not a coping skill. And that's what that le that's what some of that leads to. <sighs> so instead of experimenting with all kinds of things with experienced users, not addicts, users, people who know the effects of everything and have medical training <coughs> or experience, we are forced to delve into these things because of feigned moral superior code. Those are, well, this is wrong. This is wrong. That's wrong. If you're not being totally adherent to the Bible, if you're not a Bible-thumping person, you're just going to go to hell. Okay, but that doesn't that make you uh, as judgmental as it says not to be in the Bible? I'm not saying if you don't experiment, you're wrong, but if other people are experimenting with drugs and other substances, then I, I'd advocate the fact that they need to have somebody around who already knows the effects of said drug and has medical training in case you decide to get stupid. <sighs> okay, now as far as the superior, moral superior code, this leads to addictions, dependencies, organ failure, and even death. And by organ failure, when your brain stops telling you, to, to, uh, stop, when your brain is inhibited to the point where you can't, or is, is it's uninhibited to the point where you don't care how much meth or crack or whatever you're doing, that's organ failure. Your brain's failing to send messages out because you've, fucking, you've chemically riddled it with everything. The saddest part is those things, drugs, overdosing, all that crap, turns into coping mechanisms, aka crutches. We aren't taught to we aren't taught to properly cope with things. 
<coughs> we aren't taught to properly cope with things due to parents and guardians wanting to give children the facade of everything being dreamy or due to the parent, uh, parents themselves never learning to cope themselves. This lack of coping skills, along with adoles uh, adolescence, or the adolescent need to rebel, combined with teenage angst, which normally leads to depression, brings us to people who ha have no idea how to cope with things. So, the drugs give them an out. An easy way to escape problems that will... that, uh, that will be dealt with afterwards i mean the the problems that they use drugs to escape don't disappear they don't, they don't disappear by a long shot another one is sex workers now sex workers by definition does not mean prostitution sex workers can be people who uh have sex with other people thinking that they're going to get money out of it it's it would still be considered a, a reverse prostitution thing but I think that's one of the bigger issues is sex workers and then you've got pimps who, well, they exploit everything, including uh, the homeless. Uh, get them to do what they want because they like to manipulate because they are in because they are in they in fact have an inferiority complex. They need to own somebody or something all the time. Period. Then there are, uh, and this is going to sound really, really messed up, but this is, I've actually noticed this, gay people. And no, I'm not gay bashing, so don't take it there. I'm not gay bashing in the least. <clears throat> now, gay, uh, gay or lesbian teenagers tend to come out to their parents and immediately, if their parents are staunch, uh, staunchly conservative enough, they throw their kids out for breaking with their straight code, I guess. They, since they don't match up with every uh, every feignable thing in the Bible, they end up being the uh, the rather ugly stepchild of the family, so to speak. And in a lot of families, I know because I've met them, they throw the kid out on ceremonies. It's like, okay, here's your clothes, here's a bag of your shit, get out, we're burning everything else. And yes, I've actually met some of the families that have thrown their kids' crap out because they were gay and then burned it because that kid was never coming back to their house. <coughs> and yes, this happens all over the country, including here in my hometown. <coughs> and I am not proud of that. But that's the way conservatism, staunch conservatism, works. I think it's wrong. Let me get a drink here so I can stop coughing. Kind of like lube up the uh, vocal cords here. Okay, <clears throat> but yeah, when kids come out of the when a lot of teens come out of the closet, a lot of the staunch conservative uh, conservatives go ape shit. <clears throat> like they fly off the damn handle because, well, this is wrong. This goes against God. Here's a wake-up call for uh, for anybody who thinks that being gay goes against God. <clears throat> God created gays. God created everything. Every mental illness. Everything you can think of. 
he created it. He knew uh, it doesn't matter whether man thought of it. Guess what? If you believe that everything, uh, God knows everything. If you believe in God and that God knows everything and your story was pre-written, he knows everything, then he knew you were going to come out the way you are. He knows every lie. He knows every truth. And so if you discover that you are gay or bi or whatever the hell the case may be, God already knew. If God didn't want you to be that, well, it wouldn't have happened that way. There's a reason, good or bad, that everything happens. And yes, I stand by the opinionation that God created <laughs> God created gay people. He created lesbians. I'm pretty sure he created transgenderism, but not in the way that we see it. I, I honestly think he, he created a few people. Because, I mean, come on, he created hermaphrodites. Hermaphrodites should not exist. Scientifically speaking, they shouldn't exist. But that's what mutation and uh, 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 passing down genes and all that crap is for. <sighs> and I'm by no means bashing the hermaphrodites. I don't, I don't care if hermaphrodites exist. You know, I'm not going to wish them harm, just like the gays. I'm not going to wish them harm, just like the lesbians. I'm not going to wish them harm. I am an LGBT advocate, as you guys probably well know by now. But for those of you, uh, for those of you who are staunchly biblical, and I'm not bashing your right to be strict, uh, to be staunchly biblical. But here, here's another, uh, here's another uh, case of entropy, if you will. A lot of staunch conservative Christians. And I'm not putting down those people, but I'm uh, I'm simply pointing this out. <clears throat> if you believe that the Bible is the golden rule, but yet you bash people who don't strictly uh, strictly adhere to your version of what the Bible says, doesn't that mean you're judging people? Hence, you be judged. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I am more than happy to admit that I'm wrong, but I don't believe I am in this case. In this case, I believe I'm full out right. I, I, you can't judge people. I mean, if you judge people for no damn reason other than the fact that you don't like them or they're not like you, okay. But you don't need to. You don't need to make a, uh, an indeterminate, unreasonable bias towards that section of people. My biases are well-founded and well-applied because of, because of my life experience. Seriously, my life experience allows me to do these things, to make these, judgment, to make these judgments and assessments. Now, a lot of people are now stoking, uh, are stoking the fire for this. But a lot of people have been, have been uh, because of uh, discrimination, and I'm speaking of actual discrimination, not some imaginary crap, but because some landlords don't want tenants. Hell, some family members don't even want their uh, kids to become trans or whatever. That discrimination makes it impossible to have a place to stay personally if I owned a building 
as long as you got a job and you got money, or you're doing something from home that's not illegal to be doing in the first place, I don't care. I mean, seriously, I do not care about it. But uh, that having been said, the next issue up being is landlords. Now, see, the, uh, one of the bigger problems is there's a huge homeless population of people in California. And upon doing a little bit of research, there are a lot, and I'm not talking one or two, I'm talking there's a lot of uh, research into it. There are teachers that hold down jobs in L.A., where they are literally, the teachers themselves are homeless. Because rent costs too damned much. Like, in, what is it, L.A., in certain parts of L.A., the rent there for places, for, a park, for like studios, some of the studios in that area easily run three to four, and sometimes even five thousand dollars. That's a month. We're not talking about, uh, you know, a year. We're, ta we're not talking about uh, <clears throat> bi-monthly rent. We're talking one month, $5,000 for a studio because the, the apartment is near a school. And the landlord wants to bilk everybody out of their money. They want to get in. They want to pay. Uh, they want to... Uh, pay as little as possible for the property and then charge the tenants an outrageous fee to live there because oh we fixed it up from being a crack house and <coughs> I think that uh, I think the thing I read said it was as high as 35% of the homeless are teachers because the teachers can't afford this insane rent and the landlords have gone as far to come up, uh, one of the landlords, well, a few of them, came up and said, well, if you want to be in our neighborhood, you have to start with the tenants around the neighborhood. No, you don't. You raising rent to make sure only certain people get in, and if they're educators, I say reduce their rent anyway. If they're the ones teaching at the school, well, we can't do that because then everybody wants to live cheaply. They're educating the kids, shut up, get over yourself, and stop trying to make a fortune off of them. The, the world doesn't work off the Carlton Sheets model of real estate, nor the Donald Trump uh, uh, school of real estate either. Neither one are, uh, are going to completely uh, settle you for life. <clears throat> and then, there's the other end of the spectrum where there are landlords who, cannot, uh, who run a slum. They run apartment houses that are breaking down, breaking multiple city codes. <coughs> and a few of those people, a few of those crap-ass landlords, were like, well, I didn't know. I haven't checked the statute since, since the 1970s. You're a landlord. You, have a, you have, actually have the responsibility to check on the building codes that are currently in, uh, enforced and to make sure your building is up to code. And some of them... Be like, well, we don't charge that much for rent. Yet you just spent a month in the Cayman Islands, sipping on my ties while your uh, tenants froze their ass off in New York or L.A. 
And yes, there are some uh, slumlords who live in both L.A. and New York, or have places in both. But they have no problem jet-setting around the world or going to Vegas and blowing all the money that they made from all their rent because they're gambling addicts. <coughs> Sorry, I'm getting a drink here quick. But yeah, ruthless landlords who want to charge out um, and charge more than you're are reasonably supposed to uh, make as a person. And if the rent's five thousand dollars a month, and you have a kid, okay, so you gotta supply you and the kid with housing, food, clothes, toiletries, <clears throat> let alone gas, insurance, and. Uh, then there's the gas to get back and forth to work, and then you're then there's your your utilities, gas, water, electric, trash, sewage, all that crap. But uh, the landlords want to charge you outrageous prices on those. Now, if you're making five thousand dollars a month and you have to you need to have your cell phone for work purposes. <sighs> Let alone your car, the house. Oh, not you don't even need a house. I mean, stick with an stick with an apartment, you know. But when all that crap altogether costs ten thousand dollars a month, and you make five, you make like three thousand dollars a month. That's a system that's set against you. And I think that insurance uh, companies really need to lower the bar on their uh, premiums. Well, we have to appease the uh, the uh, stockholders. Okay, the stockholders were in it to make money, but you're an insurance company. You're you're ha you have thousands, if not millions, of people subscribe to your service, who pay exorbitant fees. And then when they have an accident, you up their even if the accident wasn't their fault, you raise the rates. That's extortion. It's like, okay, the crash wasn't your fault, but we're going to raise your rate because we need you to pay more money to help cover you from one accident. That's about as bad as uh, um, a story I read on a lady a while back. She spent 70 years driving, never, ever had any, she didn't even have a speeding ticket, <clears throat> was never in a wreck, but paid insurance her entire life. And then she went to go cancel it when they took when she became too blind to drive legally. So she stopped paying her insurance. And guess what happened? The okay, before I was so rudely interrupted. Uh, sorry, somebody called uh, somebody called in and they weren't supposed to. But yeah. Like I was saying, the lady got uh, the lady was sued by her insurance company for for failure to pay her uh, uh, monthly premium. She never once had a payout, and apparently did the math, and she paid well over one million dollars in premiums because she started paying a very long time ago, and as prices went up, she just paid her insurance, and she had full coverage insurance. So she was paying a very high premium <clears throat> for what she did, for all that stuff. But that's that's one of the contributing factors of homelessness is prices being too high, unreasonably 
<coughs> unreasonably high prices have been well quite frankly have been a little disturbing like take for instance roughly 20 years ago or so you could go into a quick trip and buy a pack of cigarettes for mm, around two dollars um, you could buy a spicy chicken sandwich or a chicken sandwich for a dollar you could spend uh, two bucks on a bomb burrito that really hasn't changed they've actually gone down in price but our utility rates have gone up they are now triple what they used to be and they keep on and the ownership of the utilities keep changing hands because big conglomerate companies want to cash in on certain utility opportunities and certain rate hikes that have been made <clears throat> then you have everybody who wants to charge out the ass for everything they do like I have literally seen somebody get a uh, $300 haircut and they should not have gotten the haircut in the first damn place literally there should have been no charging for trimming an inch off of all of the hair that they had that they, they got charged three hundred dollars for trimming an inch off of the hair uh, off of the hair they were working on I'm sorry but three hundred dollars doesn't equate to one inch I could see paying forty fifty dollars for that but not three hundred I don't give a shit if the guy would if the hairstylist was Vidal Sassoon or Paul Mitchell themselves or even Max Fetcher I don't give a damn if it was one of them it's not worth that much but like there are people who charge outrageous prices for very simple things I mean I have seen children's level artwork done by adults who can't draw go for thousands of dollars I don't know why but I mean if it's realistic simplistic art done by a child I get paying I get why you'd pay more for that but hence why when people valued some of their stuff at far exceeding market value it, it doesn't make any sense and everybody wants to be paid absolute top dollar for everything they have I get why they do that but some of that crap isn't worth the money <clears throat> but like for instance the whole uh, pre-bought <coughs> pre-ripped jeans thing people are spending 50 and 80 and 100 dollars <coughs> for a pair of ripped jeans I'm sorry but are you are you fucking insane literally are you insane ripped jeans that cost you 80 dollars spend 20 bucks on a pair of jeans from Walmart and then just make them go threadbare and cut them yourself at home. Guess what that costs? Nothing! And you have the same pair of jeans. But alas. Then there's the political prom uh, Then there's the political promises that uh, politicians make. In furtherance with their own ideal version of utopia. Bernie Sanders says he's going to end homelessness. I don't. I don't buy that. Yeah, I almost shouted the F word into the mic. But you cannot end poverty and homelessness by just taxing the rich. You have to go out there and find, like, the people who don't want 
to uh, have any responsibilities or anything like that. Okay, well, I'm sorry you don't want adult. You have to, you, you know, and some people are like, well, you you can use sheer force on them. <clears throat> okay, well, that's like somebody telling you, you're going to do this. And if you don't do this, I'm going to blow your damn brains out all over the sidewalk. That's called doing something under duress. Some people just don't want to adult. They don't want to grow up and pay bills. They want to live in holes in the ground, drink all the time, and fight with each other over stupid bullshit. And my whole uh, examination of that tweaker stupidity is you're fighting over nothing. For nothing. Grow up. Get a job. Doing something. Get a place of your own. Get utilities up in your name. Like the rest of us do. <coughs> and live like a guy. And live like a, a human being. Now, another issue that's associated with homelessness and poverty <coughs> is some of the veterans. Not all the veterans. I'm not going to slam on veterans. I'm a huge military supporter. What I'm going to do, what I'm going to talk about is there are two very different kinds of homeless vets. And I'm not kidding. You can look this up. You can ask the, these people. They will tell you that it's actually, they'll deny it, but they know it's the truth. I know because I've interviewed several of them over years and years of uh, uh, talking to people. Now, there are two different kinds of vets as far as I'm aware. And there might be more. But as far as homeless vets go, you've got the homeless vet who just sits uh, sits around and tells you that they got screwed out of this, that, and the other. And people who've known them a while can tell you they've been homeless since they came home. They just, they left uh, the important part of themselves overseas, wherever they went to serve. Well, as much as I'd love to sympathize with you, <clears throat> on that <coughs> you are still here you are still in this country you may be damaged but you can be you can be fixed to a certain extent you might not be the shiny pot you once were but you're also not a broken utterly broken unfixable pot now from that perspective is what I'm speaking if you came back from, say, Nam, and I've known some guys who said they came back from Nam and just couldn't, uh, just couldn't function normally in society. Well, get some help. Well, everybody wanted to charge me money. That's what you have a VA bill for. That's what your VA benefits cover. Well, they always want me to pay out of pocket. Again, you can ask for your VA benefits and get them to pay for that. And if the doctor wants money out of your pocket before he gets anything else... He's probably a shitty do uh, a shitty uh, shrink. <clears throat> when he demands that you pay up front instead of just taking your VA benefit uh, benefits uh, stuff information, then I think that doctor is trying to dive for pocket change and screw you out of uh, comprehensive mental health coverage. <clears throat> now you've got the guys who who came back and couldn't or uh, found that they couldn't function the way they wanted to function. So they just gave up and chose a life of destitution and homelessness. These guys, instead of choosing to keep struggling like they were taught, 
or like they should have been taught to do. They just gave up, and I don't buy that. I, I know a couple of uh, homeless Marines who keep pushing, and they actually have belongings. I know one guy, he's, he's considered homeless, but he owns a Harley. <clears throat> he said the only thing he was never giving up was his Harley. So as long as the VA give, uh, keeps him going, he's going to use and abuse them until the government throws him off and then destroys his bike. So he has a, he has a $30,000 Harley, but he lives on the streets. He, uh, he has a chain he locks his uh, uh, bike up with so that you cannot take it away. Seriously, he doesn't do the ignition. I'm not going to tell you how he locks it up, but he makes sure it stays in his place. But yeah, then you have the other kind of homeless vet that I've met. <sighs> and this one upsets me slightly because of the indignity uh, that they can try to spring upon the rest of us. <coughs> okay, vet comes back, starts working a job, works, uh, works several jobs over several years, raises a family, has kids, has grandchildren even. Kids are past college age. This guy is, you know, 40, 50 years old, has grandchildren, has a decent job. He's been working for a long time. And all of a sudden gets busted for doing something wrong. <clears throat> they get fired. They And in the, in the midst of this, they get fired, divorced, and they're forced to pay alimony. Okay. And these people all of a sudden want you know, want the government to pay for everything to get them back up on their feet. Well, okay, let's explore that. You messed up and you want the government to pay all of your bills. <clears throat> let's say you laundered money or you uh, extorted money. You, 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 commit, you committed multiple felonies. <clears throat> okay, the government's not going to wipe your record, for one. Number two, your ass needs to go to prison. And the ones who went to prison for a few uh, for a few years and then got out and wonder why they can't get a good job, they want uh, it's because they refused to accept anything less than what they had before. Well, I was paid forty five dollar an hour at my old job. Okay, you're homeless, you're divorced, and you're paying alimony <coughs> to your ex wife, and she may have she may have stopped the alimony payments due to getting married again. The government isn't going to pay to give you your life back. They're not going to give you your old job back or give you the same pet rate of pay you had. They'll give you something you can survive on. You have to drop your standard. If you've disgraced yourself, that's on you. <clears throat> now, the only other kind of vet I can think of <coughs> to add to that mix is the vet who gets dishonorably discharged and then wonders why they can't collect on their VA benefits. Because normally, when you get uh, dishonorably discharged, that means that you lose your benefits. In most cases, you lose your benefits because you were dishonorably discharged. Vets that are honorably discharged, or anything but dishonorable discharge, typically can get <coughs> something out of the military benefits uh, program. Now, without having been said, here's here's another uh, horrifyingly real truth, but you probably don't want to hear, but I'm going to tell you anyway. 
<clears throat> I have known people for a very long time, and I recognize faces like nobody's business. Like, uh, like for instance, I remember my friend Corey Morgan as somebody who, ha uh, who looked a certain way, and I won't say time has been cruel, but time certainly has not turned her into a princess. But then again, I'm no prince, so I'm not going to complain about that. But her look has changed, as have we all, who are of a certain age, mind you. And I have no problem being 39 going on 40. It's It doesn't bother me. I enjoy getting old because I shouldn't be here <clears throat> because of the accident. And then there's like the case of, uh, of uh, Laura. I knew her in high school. I remember exactly what she looked like in high school. And she doesn't look a whole lot like... She looks like herself, but different. Uh, as we all have. I mean, back in high school, I didn't have a, uh, a hanging chin. It's not a double chin, but it's a hanging chin. I didn't have that in high school. So, yeah, we've all changed. I've seen a lot of people who still look the same from high school. I don't know how they did it, but I really don't care either. I'm not here to compare with them. But in all the t all the years that I've been alive and an adult, I've been homeless a couple times, and there's people who are still homeless that I knew 20 years ago. For instance, a guy named John Reed. <clears throat> as far as I know, he's still on Facebook, which is a crying shame considering... He's not supposed to be on Facebook at all. <coughs> now, he's been homeless since the mid-90s, okay? He is a sex offender. He is a felon. And yet, he's still grappling with homelessness 25 years later. Then there's this girl who likes to call herself Candy. I don't know if that's her actual name because she's been uh, saying that for so long. I don't know. But she is. She's got the body shape of a pear, and I'm not kidding. Uh, you put a pear on a set of uh, short, fat girl legs, and no, I'm not trying to fat shame. I'm literally trying to give you an app description or visualization. Imagine a pear with fat leg, with fat, uh, with fat short thighed legs. Now, she has been with I don't know how many guys, <clears throat> but every guy she gets with, it's the same story. Oh, we're going to get pregnant. We're, we're expecting four babies. I'm expecting twins right now. She's been pregnant for the last 20 damn years. Every guy who, uh, who uh, she gets with, she attempts to get inseminated with his child very quickly. Hasn't given birth that I know of even once yet. <clears throat> now, she is a simpleton. She is a moron. Yes, I'm going to flat out call her a moron in this case. <clears throat> she goes from guy to guy to guy to guy. Always a guy who's on disability and who's mentally incapable of figuring out that she is a uh, piece of uh, human waste. <clears throat> Now, she, along with other people that were hanging around in the same group, they all 
en to me it seems they all enjoy a homelessness. How do you enjoy homelessness? Just like there are people right now, if you go to First Street and, and uh, the river here in uh, Wichita, Kansas, you go to the east side of that bridge, underneath it, there are homeless people who are living there and they evoke squatters' rights. I mean, they go to the library, they check out a bunch of books, they have stacks of books, clothes, all this kind of crap. And the one time I attempted to talk to them, the guys had just left. They were, Apparently they were going to go get something. I think it was something to eat. <clears throat> I walk up to the ladies who are wearing graying, soiled, matted clothing. <coughs> One is going through the uh, one is going through a couple of I guess paintings or something that she supposedly owns, and I bother walking up to both girls and ask them why are you living underneath the bridge? Well, this is what our boyfriends uh, uh, can afford. Okay, you guys don't you guys don't make them get up early in the morning. Well, they don't want to have normal jobs. They want to be they want to be hustlers. They're hus your boyfriends are hustlers, but you live under a bridge. That's not hustling. <clears throat> I was talking these uh, 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 undereducated young ladies. I was trying to educate them as far as what they need, what standard they need to have. You know, a guy with a job. I don't care if he lives with this person or not. If he's got a job, he's good. If he doesn't have a job, he's stupid. You shouldn't get with him. <clears throat> And we're talking girls that are between 18 and 24 years old. I'm like, okay, well, do you really want to raise a family under the bridge? It's like, oh, we're waiting until we get our first big house to have a family. Okay, what do you mean by big house? Oh, a four-bedroom or five-bedroom uh, so, uh, so we can start uh, just having kids right off the bat. And we're going to have, me and her are going to have a lot of babies. I looked at them and I'm like, okay, you guys are eating what now? Well, we go to the Lord's Diner and we buy a lot of ramen noodle packets. That way we can survive. It's like, that's literally all you're ever going to do with these guys. All of a sudden, the guys pop up and start threatening me. One guy whips out a knife and I just start laughing. And I was like, <clears throat> I start laughing at him and uh, I literally tell him, dude, if you're gonna, if you're going to pull that knife out, you better use it. He looked at me and asked what I was trying to do, steal their women. I was like, no, I'm trying to get them to push you to be better men. Well, what do you mean? And these guys are, like, matted-haired. They look like they got their asses kicked a few days ago. One guy's teeth is rotting, and he just got a tooth punched out because his, his, uh, he's got a missing tooth with uh, blood coming out of it. And the other guy is at least somewhat well-kept. He's trying to look like a gangster with really crappy tattoos. They look like a three-year-old drew some stick figures. <clears throat> and they are apparently very happy with this life because they're trying to remain undercover uh, hustlers. And apparently they disappeared for a few days so I wouldn't come back and talk to their ladies. And maybe talk them into, I don't know, being men, being adults. If you're going to have a family, you don't live under a damn bridge. In a minivan, I get, I'll buy that. But owning owning clothes that are 
that are uh, uh, threadbare or stiff from use being from them being soiled. You collecting crap and trying to make a home out of two areas between two metal trusses under a bridge is not providing. That's using. <clears throat> and I hope to God those w uh, girls decided to get condoms for their boyfriends. That way we don't keep adding to the surplus of homelessness. <clears throat> now, the people who tell me that they don't need to be homeless, they like being homeless, I got nothing for them. I don't know why anybody would want to be homeless. Because uh, I've been there. I've been homeless. I've slept under a bridge and I didn't like it. <clears throat> I went from being... <coughs> I went from having a few boxes at my parents' house... And the only thing I had on me was my wallet, my chain, my lock, and my bike. And the clothes on my back. That's all I had. I went from being that homeless, from couch surfing at different people's places, to having a job and my own place. And this is literally, sometimes it's within months, sometimes it took a year or two, but I did it. And I just don't understand the mindset of people saying, well, I'm working on it. 20 damn years is not, uh, is not you working on it. That's you procrastinating, hoping some rich, stupid person comes up, meets you, and falls in love with you. That's not a plan. <clears throat> That's a pipe dream. Now, there are other considerations when it comes to being homeless. But... I don't know why anybody would choose to be homeless. Those who choose to be those who choose to be homeless willingly, I think there's something wrong with their brains. I really do. Now, having said that, um, I want I want all y'all because I've talked this thing to till I've actually just got tired of talking about it now. But I'm gonna spend my last few remaining minutes. <clears throat> Talking about uh, Sprout the Antihero, please go vote for him. Apparently he's up for nomination. Uh, he's up for uh, an award if you vote for him. Please go to Tulsa uh, Music Awards and vote for him. As I have told you before in pa past podcasts, he is God. He is just an awesome human being. <clears throat> Some would describe him as being an asshole, a uh, 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 punk. I've heard every name... It's, I've, used, I've heard every adjective used to describe this guy. Me, I find him awesome as all hell. I am advocating for you to please go vote for him. Even if you don't like his music, he's making his dreams happen. He's making different kinds of music. He's not just making thrash metal or death metal or rock and roll. He's delving into other things which I love. He, he's broadening himself as an artist and I love that. So please go to Tulsa Music Awards or Tulsa Live Music Awards. I'm not sure which one it is. My next podcast, hopefully I will have something, more information about him. <coughs> please go to uh, Tiffany Brook the, uh, on YouTube and watch her stuff. If you like what she's doing, please subscribe to her or at least watch her videos. I enjoy listening to her musically. I mean, like her last video that I was aware of. She hit a couple power notes. <clears throat> Sorry about all the coughing, but her power notes are genuinely something you don't run into every day. I mean, a lot of people think they can power sing. She can hit the power notes. Please go visit Tiffany Brooke um, 
on YouTube. Um, if you want to go visit her on Facebook and uh, get to know her better, if she has the time for it, I believe it's Tiffany Alexander. I'm not sure if she wants you to look her up, but I'm just advocating for her career. Now, with that having been said, um, I'm working on a podcast where I have to interview somebody right now. <clears throat> I'm not sure how it's going to go. I'm not sure if that's going to be done over the phone or if it's going to be in person. Um, speaking of uh, Corey Morgan, we're going to be doing a podcast that she'll be getting Q&A'd, <clears throat> where I'll ask questions and she'll answer them. <clears throat> um... Uh, I'd like to get out a shout out to uh, Laura Witham. Um, she has been a real good backboard to bounce ideas off of. Um, as far as uh, further podcasts or doing current event podcasts every day, that might happen. It, it it really depends because as I as I have included before, I am writing a story and I am published. I am throwing pages of it out on Facebook. Um, if y'all want, you can go check out my Facebook at, uh, just look me up at Carl Shrout. And, um, I would like to get some feedback on the story. I've been getting feedback from other people, but more couldn't hurt. <clears throat> but, um, yeah. Um, I'd also like to give a shout out to, uh, uh, um, I think, I think the name she goes by on Facebook is Casey Love and her fiance, John Rickard. Um, Casey is my niece, and, um, I, she is some of the reason that I pointed out some of the things that I did about people who don't have motivation. <clears throat> certain people are motivated to move out of being homeless, and certain do, uh, certain other people do not have motivation. She got out of being homeless, and rose to the occasion, and has blossomed beautifully, and is now engaged to uh, her fiance. Um, other shout outs. I'd shout out my wife. But my wife doesn't listen to this crap. So she she bears with it while I make these. But I really do. I, I really do love the fact that she lets me do this. <clears throat> because she could actually stop me from doing this podcast. But she allows it. Um, to Sean Hamilton. Way to go on uh, your career. He made a humongous, meteoric step. Just uh, come uh, New Year's Day, I am very proud of him. I'm very, I'm very happy for him. Him and his boys, I think, are going to be moving here soon to England from Isle of Man. Don't count me as being 100% accurate on that. But he will. Uh, he's, he's apparently got a uh, <coughs> a huge leg up step up hand up you name it he got it uh, I just I'm so honored to even know the guy for him to have for him to be talking to me at all is just wow um, yeah as far as everybody else goes I, I'm mentioning let's see Laura with them uh, Tiffany Brooke uh, uh, Sean Hamilton. Uh, Casey Love, John Rickard, my wife, um, I have to mention, uh, Crystal Graham in this podcast only because she helps me formulate certain things without her knowing it. 
because I observe human behavior and she helps with that quite a bit because there are certain things I know how to read. Um, I want to thank my mom and dad who will probably never ever hear any of my podcasts because number one, my mom don't own a cell phone, at least not one that works. And yeah, my dad, my mom and dad helped make me the over observant, articulate person I am today. Whether or not it's positive or negative is up to you guys. But I will be doing, I don't know what my next podcast is going to be about yet. But I promise as soon as I know, you'll, uh, you guys will get a heads up on it. <clears throat> oh, and Charlene Corbin. I'm waiting for ideas from her for some podcasts as well. I have plenty of material, but it's what you guys want to hear that I'm trying to figure out. But uh, I might do an update tomorrow. I'm not sure if it's going to be an hour or if it's going to be half hour, but I'll see what I can do. You guys be blessed and have a great day. As always, stay with us. You've been listening to the Carl Experience here on Anchor.